welcome to Maine Contained Fishing Podcast. And we'll get our guest over here, Mr. Alvin, to introduce himself in a few minutes. But how you been doing, Mike? Not too bad. I forgot to start streaming this on my channel, so bear with me while I type, guys. But uh, uh, I suck today. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Hadn't been fishing in two days, three days, four days, somewhere around there. Um, These southern boys with this whole, I haven't been fishing in three days. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close to the, I haven't been fishing in two months, and I'm like an addict in here, like itching my face. <laughs> crying about it having a twitch like it's been it's been a few years for me with the shoulder and that true okay fair enough <laughs> so but uh we're gonna wait till everybody gets kicking here and get in the live and and join us on on the chat over here so they can mr ask mr alvin some questions about the american angler outdoors yeah We'd like to introduce him and get him kicked off here. So, Mr. Alvin, introduce yourself and kind of tell us what you, where you've been at in the fishing industry and where, you, where you're going in the fishing industry. Hi, everybody. How you doing? My name is Al Pagliani. I am originally from New York. Don't hold that against me. I'm a southerner at heart. I was a born northerner, but I grew up with the south in my heart. I always loved it down here. Um... Yeah, you know, mainly because you guys get to fish all year round. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy bass fishing. I fished, started fishing when I was a little kid. I grew up on a lake, so started fishing as a little kid. Joined bass back in the 80s, been a uh, life member since. I fished opens. I fished Costa series way back when with FLW. I fished ABA. I fished bfls i fished it all had a great time took some time as the director of a few series now the rods are hung up for a while and we're running the american angler outdoors we're here to put you the angler on a tv show give you your own show or your own channel you know we added a channel to the network today and we got more coming we got more shows coming and it's very simple as ask Mike and Daniel, they both know. Yeah. Um, as far as I can say, Mr. Alvin, it has been very simple for me. Um, so yeah, I reached out to you on Instagram and you, you got back with me pretty, pretty ASAP and we talked a few things and, and I sent you a few shows and, uh, just kind of revamped some of my old YouTube videos and they were on there. Um, and you can see them on the big screen if you got an 80 inch flat screen and, yeah. and you're I'm not gonna lie, room, you can cool watch yourself you all day long on Roku and all that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, bringing Roku and that on was a big, a big plus. It was a fire TV is a daily struggle. It's like a yeah. little kid, you know, yeah. it needs constant attention. <laughs> Uh, it's been about three weeks and we finally have our channels all up and running as of this morning. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> and we still, we got to do another revision, which means we're going to go through another week or two of, uh, being down up and down every day. You know, yeah. they don't like revisions. 
but yeah, Roku, uh, Apple, you can get it right on your phone. Android, Mike, I believe you got it on your Android, right? I have, yeah, I have. I actually have the Roku and the Android on my phone because I have the Roku. I have I have a Roku account, so I downloaded the Roku app so I can watch it on my phone too. Yeah, yeah, Apple. yeah. I've got. I use an Apple, so um, you can download it right to your Apple phone. Yep. Yeah, I got the TV off to the side of me that has Fire TV, and then the monitor has the Roku on the uh, second HDMI. Yep. So if I get real bored, I can just switch over to that. <laughs> but we, um, you know, we got, like I said, we're we're looking for anglers, clubs. Yeah, you know, this is a great way for a club to promote themselves, promote your sponsors. Yep. As Daniel knows, the Southeast Georgia KBF, they have their own channel. And it, it's a great way. We, you know, you can show your sponsors, hey, we're doing everything we can to promote you. And that's the big thing. As anyone in this sport knows, promoting not only yourself, but you have to promote those sponsors. You got to stand out. You know, basically, we're all we're, we're all anglers on a on a on a boat sitting in a body of water. You got to rise above that because you're just standing there like everybody else. Yeah. You know, by doing YouTube, all these social media contacts and that, that's a great way to rise up. But get yeah. your own channel. You've just lifted yourself way above or your own show. Now you're showing your sponsors how dedicated you are to promoting them. And you're doing what the other guys aren't. And that's a key to this, to success in this sport, standing out. That's right. In a good way, in a positive way. Yeah. So I'll, I'm going I'm to present my screen right here. That way I can pull up your website and kind of show you what, what he's been talking about um, as far as the way the channels are lined up on the website and the way you would see it. Get, get this right. It, when you see it on Roku or anything like that, this is what you'll see here. Um, yeah, it's. Can... Yeah, that's the main page when you go to taao.live. Right. And then as you scroll down, you'll, you'll see the Mike and I. Yep. As you scroll, um, see a lot of Benny Outdoors content. And then you have Southeast Georgia, Bass Patrol. And then we have our new channel, JCX Fishing, which came online today. Right. So he just came on today. Yep. Brought him online today. Nice. Okay. And John, so John's a real nice guy, too. And if you so keep you. scrolling down, on the TAAO channel, all the clubs, all the people that have their own show, you can also go down there and see their past videos once we update it. We're still right. updating everything. Yep. So this way, if you have Southeast Georgia or Mike over at Binya, you want to go see some of his past shows or you caught the tail end of one of his shows, you can go in his page and maybe catch the whole show. 
Okay. So that's that's the um, that's the all the different apps guys are pretty yeah. much laid out the same way. So we didn't show you necessarily Roku or everything, but they're yeah. all the same format. It's pretty similar for the most part yeah. across the board. Yeah. Yeah. All the streaming apps and the website, the channel order is identical. Uh, that's what took a little while with Fire TV. We we mixed them up a little accidentally. And so we had to redo it. I want to keep everything the same so everybody gets used to it. Yeah. Certainly. Certainly. But so but how long have you been in questions? the fishing? How long have you been in the fishing industry, Al? Since the eighties. Yeah, I've been fishing since I've been fishing tournaments and part of this since the eighties. Yeah, I had it. I joined Bass, like I said, mid-80s, became a life member, and I've been doing it ever since. I've had a few years where, you know, work and family came first. We all have that time. You got to put aside. But, yeah, then once I moved down here to Virginia, that's when I started getting serious because I was a rat. There was more to do. I I mean, I, I lived an hour from the Potomac River on the Maryland side. Couldn't ask for more. There's a tournament all year round, every weekend on that river. They never stop. <laughs> yeah, that's like Champlain. There's literally yeah. a tournament every day. Yeah, it's uh that that's like the Savannah River down here on the Savannah River from Savannah all the way to Augusta. It's <laughs> always a tournament. <laughs> um, what was that? South Hill Lake? On what? Or by Gordon? Uh Clarkfield. Clark Hill. Clark Hill. Well, let, let, let me get it right. Let me get it right. Some some people say Clark Hill. Other people say Clark's Hill. But <laughs> I just read an article the other day. I just read an article the other day. The U.S. Army of Court Engineers, when they first laid out that lake, when they first started talking about damming it up, they named it Clark's Hill um, because of the city clark's hill south carolina so that's that's what's on the paper it's the official <laughs> army name yeah exactly <laughs> exactly ain't bad but yeah i love that lake i fish yeah, it's a, it's a tournaments a... there it's the only lake in the state of georgia that nobody lives by the side of the water or has a dock on, on that lake. There's no docks on that lake except some marinas that have, but like individual docks, there's no docks. So yeah, you, you won't catch many people fishing docks on that lake. No, but it has a lot of little inlets. Yes. That you has can a lot shoot of finger. up into. So. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've I've had I've always had a good time on that lake. Yeah, and you know o overall the the Savannah Lake chain it isn't bad. You know you got Clarksville, you got uh, Russell B Lake, and then you got Lake Hartwell, and right on the on up. But uh, none of them lakes aren't they're they're not bad lakes. Um, just need to get the spotted bass out of them. Yeah, I hate, I hate spotted bass. 
from what I've heard about the spotted bass, unfortunately, is it usually goes the other way. They take over and push everything else out. Yeah. Have they got them with the Potomac out? I, I, um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I haven't had much to do. Yeah, like I said, I only live, I mean, Potomac's not even a mile behind me. I haven't, I don't do much when it comes to the Potomac anymore. I'm yeah. always, my thing is always south, James River, Chickahominy. So, you know, and then headed down into the, out towards South Hill, Virginia, you get down to Kerr, Gaston, you know, Jordan, all those. I spend more time down there. Right. Now, Daniel, do you guys have smallmouth down there, or is it all largemouth, pretty much? No, we we do have, we we do have ten species of black bass that are here in Georgia. Okay, so smallmouth is one, but there has been a, I know of one smallmouth caught below below Augusta, only one. Um. So Augusta, spots pretty much take it over, right? Or they yeah. become like me mouse, or they become um the spotted bass are, are worse in the lakes than they are the rivers here. And, and if you get to the old in the middle Georgia part, middle Georgia, gotcha. you know, the old Moldy River, Oconee River. Um, but we do have small mouse in the upper lakes um, okay. in North Georgia, where, where where the water temperature gets a little lower and in temperature. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. See here, it's like I'm, I'm in Vermont, so smallmouth are like there's. Matter of fact, the lake I'm fishing Sunday is got largemouth and smallmouth. It's a reg, it's actually a water, it's a reservoir that they use for drinking water. So they dam it up, and then they actually, I'm, to be honest, it's going to be kind of weird to fish Sunday because this time of year they do a big drawdown. So I won't be surprised. Like it's a, there's a five mile an hour speed limit on this lake because they want to try to basically keep it as clean as possible because it is drinking water so they try to stop people from using big motors so they put a speed limit on it but they when they draw that thing down there's like boulders that show up that weren't there during the summer so honestly you're it's dangerous to go over five miles an hour <laughs> so <laughs> because you're going to take your lower unit right off your boat but yeah. um that's why I was asking because there's a lot of places here where this year more than any year I've like found places that I didn't even know had smallmouth and I like I know a lot of the southern guys you don't see a lot of southern YouTube channels talking about smallmouth it's all you know pitching flipping doing frogging doing the largemouth yeah. deal you don't I mean up here it's every the northeast stuff and Lake Michigan is all smallmouth is all you find is guys with channels with I I'm kind of like both. I, I whatever's gonna bite. I don't really. I'm not really picky. But I've always wanted to catch a spotted bass, and I'm going to catch a spotted bass at some point, even if I have to fly down and hang out with Daniel for a weekend and see if he can get me on one. But yeah, we'd we'd have to travel. We'd have to travel at least two hours from my house to get on some spotted bass. But I caught my first spot last year, or not last year, January of this year, at Lake Hartwell. Yep. Um, in seventy foot of water. <laughs> 70 foot of water 70 foot of water what were you were you fishing like a crankbait or something i was i was fishing a shaky head worm 
all bottom in seventy feet of water. And I was I found wow. them stacked up. It was it was cold. It was twenty or nineteen degrees when we started fishing that morning. So hell, dude, that's deep for a bass. Yeah, spotted that's bass. Crazy. Yeah. So Al, what's your favorite way of fishing when you're in the, when you're when you got a rod in your hand? I I love top water. I love frog fishing. I love popping the frogs. Um, I, I'll I'll always have a frog on my on one rod at all times. You'll never see me without it. <laughs> and then second would be you know, and not because I had gray gold lures, but spinner baits. You know, to me, it's a very versatile lure. I can you can flip it over a tree branch. And then just slowly bring it back so it just drops and just let it float down and then just give it a nice tug and get it going. I mean, it's you can do a lot. Jig fishing. I love jigs. Just sitting there pitching a jig and just slowly bringing it across the floor. So I, I really, but overall frog fishing, that's my favorite. Just Just watching that frog pop through the, through the brush and then watch that blow up, man. That's oh, yeah. that. watch that shaman impression. Yeah. That's, Dang, that's you heavy, can't man. you can't really even when they miss it, you get pissed that they missed it, but you're like, <laughs> that was fucking awesome to watch that fish come out of the water like that. Yeah, normally yeah. when I miss them, it usually comes back and hits me. Yo. I'm so I'm so mad I don't pay attention to the direction of the frog. That's right. Yeah, I've had to I've what? had to duck and dodge jigs too for the same reason. You feel something you think hit it and you go to set that hook and then right by your face. So do you when you're fishing your spinnerbait out, do you do you use a, a trailer on it or are you fishing it just a skirt only? Sometimes. Sometimes we'll use a trailer. Um I don't I sometimes I'll take the skirt off and just use a trailer, like a swim bait or something. That really works out good, but I, I prefer skirts because if you get them to match just right, they work great. And like I said, you can just you can you can almost pitch that spinnerbait and then bring it back a, a dozen different ways, you know. And it's crazy how weedless a spinnerbait is for that big hook, that big open hook. You would think it would get hung on everything, but it doesn't. Nah, well, nah, because of the way it is. That's why I say with brush, you're coming over that brush and the hook is just kind of like, it, yeah, it's it like a up. snowmobile. It's like a snowmobile. Yep. It's just mm. skirting right at the top. Yep. But it, there's yeah, nothing like the center bait bike, though. It's yeah. always a, yeah, it's, you just feel that tension in that rod just going I'm hoping to find yeah, out also, Sunday because that's what I'm gonna be fishing all day. Because the place I'm going is the Spinnerbait Lake, but well, that's good. Now, what do you use up there? Quarter ounce, three eighths, mostly quarters because most of the time when I'm fishing it, I'm fishing it just over submergent vegetation. So I'm trying to like kind of just take the top of it. Whereas if you get into like the half ounce or heavier, it just just balls up inside that and i can't rip it through because i've got those milfoil stocks so it's not like eel grass or any of that thinner grass where it just kind of folds away 
that it's like a stock. So like when it hits that, it, it's just in there. And then you've got to like bushwhack to get it out. So it's same thing with like, I fish it. I mean, technique wise and where I fish it and when I fished it is I know by the book what I'm supposed to do with it. It's just, I think what it is is I don't put enough time with it. And honestly, I think I need to not use a trailer. I tend to use a trailer too much. And I feel like sometimes it's just too much. I think like just having the blade and the skirt is enough. And that's what I've been trying the last few times. And I've gotten like bites. And honestly, I've never caught a fish on it, but I've lost them to pike because we have pike and pickerel up here. So, and Al from New York knows exactly what I mean. That's why he's smirking is, you know, you feel, you feel what feels like a bite and then you go to set the hook and there's just literally nothing there. And it's just a ball of chewed up string on the end. When you pull it back, it's yeah. Cause well, that's they, like the bite come in and sideswipe it. Yeah. And then they just, they eat the front of it and rip it off. Well, that's just like fishing, fishing, Texas rigs in here in the river. You know, you, you, you take the rig and a worm and, you feel that bite, that tick, and you set the hook, and the line just goes ping. Yep, it comes right back to you. Yeah, and um, it's actually you're in a kayak because when you do it with a kayak, especially with a big hook, you're yeah. doing that home run hook set, and there's just nothing there. <laughs> but see now, if you want to try something new, Mike, if you notice this, this here, I cut it short. You can see okay. it's not the same length as it yep. should be and that's another trick down here if you cut this take about from the overall length take about a half inch off three quarters of an inch and then re redo the the end blade it's coming down just above the hook okay and it's keeping it very tight and sometimes that'll help yeah, it kind of creates more of a when they sideswipe that blade, they're hitting the actual hook sideways yeah. instead of hitting off the end of it. That makes sense. They're, they're going for the blade, yeah. but by shortening it up, they got to go further into the lure to come through to the get to the blade. It. Yeah, so you're going to get the hook in the side of their mouth yeah. when they go through it. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that always helps. We used to, these are our, this is one of the last of the two short blade, you know, the short ones I have. I have two left. <laughs> That's a good color. But, I, I like that. Color. I like that color. That is yeah. cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah that that was always my favorite. You know, always my my favorite skirt. But um, yeah, and then always you can always drop this so it stays even closer. Gotcha. You know, play with it. You'll have better luck. You know, you can always mix it up a little, bend this, take it here, make it a little straighter. A little bit further back. Okay, yeah. And then it it keeps that, and then it lets Blade this one line. just, you know. Those of you on podcast, he's, he's literally taking the, the actual wire portion and we're bending it, kind of squeezing it, pinching it to make it. That does make sense because the blades are a little bit it's, – it's the same concept with a lot of baits is like they, they're targeting something. So in that case, if they're targeting the blade, 
if the blade is in front or equal with the hook, then they're going to yeah. inadvertently get the hook because they're going to be th running through it. Yeah, that's why we do that short arm, bring them a little further up, bring it yep. a little closer because it's the blade that's catching their attention. Yep. Makes you know? sense. So, yeah, those are just some of the little tricks you can do. I The yeah. thing is, I want to learn it because it's a simple bait. Like, it's there's just... There's not much to it. They're not really super expensive, really, and it's a bait I should no. be able to catch with and smallmouth level. But I just, I've had yeah. uh, there's it's that and a jerk bait. I just caught my first jerk bait fish this year. Never actually caught a fish on a jerk bait actually doing the jerk bait technique until like a month ago. This is the reason why I don't like Z-Man spinner baits. See how that that wire is. Thin, yeah, that's. Familiar. I don't. I don't like. I don't like a thin wire spinner. I like. I like a little. This is just a little bit thicker. Yeah. You know. Yeah, when we get we get into our half ounce spinner baits, the wire gets gets starts to get thicker at the half ounce level. Right. Now, Al, it, as someone who designed those, is there a major difference you think between like the Colorado and the willow leaf blade? Is it like specific water or something, or is it just preference? I, you're going to get a dozen people who are going to give you a dozen different answers. The okay. basic thing you got to understand is here's the willow. You run this exact lure like this at a certain pace, it's going to stay at a certain level. You put okay. a Colorado on this, and it's going to raise it. Okay. Because the Colorado is going to give it, it like you know, do more to raise it. So if okay. you want to go deep and run fast, Willow. Okay. You want to go high and run run fast, Colorado. And then you got the mix of the Willow, Colorado. Yeah, oh, the yeah there's a thousand of them, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of ways, and that's why I say it's a very versatile lure. You know, if this color works for you, then you know you'll see guys that I've seen guys order it with four or five different blade combinations. Yeah, I say that's the one thing about on it is it's something you can change. It's one of the few baits you can actually yeah. modify depending on the water conditions. And honestly, that's the one thing I will say is blades aren't expensive. You can buy freaking no. packs of blades, man. They're cheap. Yeah. yeah, you go to Jan's or Barlow's. Jan's, and you know, a couple of bucks, you get a five pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um... What does he say in the chat? He, he says drills get... holes in the yeah. blade. Huh? That's interesting. Talk, talking about, I guess he's talking about the spinner baits. I get vicious on them. I have a few. I drilled holes on the blade and put a treble hook on it. Got a few on that blade like that. I guess he's talking I about the back seen... blade. I don't know, but I would yeah. like to see that design. But I've seen guys put holes in the blades, put several holes in it, and it does help out. Picasso does that with their chatterbait. Yeah, they, they uh, the shock blade has like three holes in the blade, 
to make it like float different. The treble hook is weird. Now the holes in the blade, I could see myself taking a drill to some blades, <laughs> but I feel like the treble yeah. hook for me, the problem I have, and I think that's part, dude, it's yeah. gonna spin, and I'm gonna bend that thing out because I'm gonna, I'm the way a heavy bait like that, like I, I when I fish like a same thing with like a chatter bait, it's I set the hook like it's a jig. It's my mentality. Like I have to actually really, when I fish a crankbait or a treble bait, treble hook bait, I have to mentally check myself because I will swing like it's a jig every time. So I yeah. have to remember to pull into them and reel into them instead of doing that home run hook set because I've, because to be honest, to be fair, it's also because I'm not spending a ton on, I'm not going out and buying katana hooks and I'm not going out and right. buying I'm using a lot of stock terminal or using like Eagle Claw stuff. I'm not buying super advanced stuff. So then I end up bending out my troubles a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah another uh, thing, if you notice, if you notice they're going for the blade, you can always put a blade on the hook. I've seen those. Just like this. Yep. And have this on the hook. And then Gambler has a swim bait go. that they do that with too. I've seen yeah. that. Put a you yeah you put that little little um like a stick weight. Yep. With the and you stick it in and put the put the weight right off put the a small blade right off the bottom. Yeah, See, now that a, might be that might be the way to do it for me because like I said I have a lot the problem I think I had is a lot of times I was putting like a paddle tail on there. And I think it's doing the same thing that your Colorado blade that you were saying is doing is it's yeah. making it go too high. Yeah. Cause that paddle tail is making it rise. And yeah. I want to fish those deeper most of the time. So that's a good point. If you put a blade like a willow leaf, it's still going to get that kicking motion. Cause that blade's going to rotate, but it's going to be stay where it is. It's not that blade's not going to make it rise. If you use like a willow leaf, that's a good, that's a yeah. good point. I should try that. Yeah, yeah that or when you it, Daniel go ahead out. Uh, if if you have a swim bait on there instead of using a paddle, just use one of those fork tails. Yep. Okay. This way you still get that that same profile, you know, yeah. look of a swim bait, but it's not raising it. It's not yeah, I do that with chatter baits too. Yeah, because I'll do that with like a chatter bait is um, what I'll actually do a lot is I fish a lot of like the four inch Kitex and when the freaking bluegills eat my tails off of them, I'll throw those on like chatter baits and like moving style baits like that because it makes a good trailer and I don't have to throw it out because a stupid bluegill at the tail off of it. Yeah, I, I've even taken um, half stinkos and cut them yep. down and then cut them like if this is a <laughs> stinko, you cut them like this. Yep, cut them like them. that, so you still have a little flap, yep. and just put them on the back of I've definitely, I've definitely bait. done that too. Yep. So, if anybody wants to ask Mr. Al a question about the American Angler Outdoors, post it in the comments. We'll get it posted up where he can answer it. Um, we're thirty minutes into the show, so uh, if anybody has any questions or concerns about the American yeah. Angler Outdoors, ask away, and we'll uh. We'll get them thrown up on the screen and ask him and uh, things like that. So, yeah, turned in, in the we'll do that. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I was 
I went to the Swimbait Universe show, of, and I, I actually did a show on it for for um, my month, my weekly show. It was my first time being at something like that. And I didn't know what to expect. I, I've seen swim baits before, and their prices always said, yeah, I can't afford mm-hmm. that. When I got Cold there, following, I, the, oh, the following, this place was packed. And these guys were from all over the country. I mean, I was I, I had a goal to find some vendor that was based out of Virginia. I had two out of Kansas City, North Carolina, up in uh, Wisconsin, two out of California, Ohio. I mean, they were all over. And um uh-oh, I'm getting yelled at. I gotta stop giving away spinnerbait secrets. <laughs> Don't worry, John. I got the best ones for you, buddy. But yeah, and the the look at these, and these guys make these by hand. You know, it is nuts. The way they do everything. I, I give all those guys, I give them all credit. Those were some beautiful baits. And, the detail um, that a painter can put into those things—it's oh. freaking insane. If you guys have you, never you seen look, one of those, just look online. Like they can paint; they make it look like it's got real scales, and they yeah. and some of these things are carved from freaking balsa wood that they're hand carving yeah. these things. And actually, I'm, I'm incredible. You're talking about you were talking about big swim baits. I'm fixing to show you a manufacturer one and then a custom paint one. Because I had, I sent Brandon, he's with Brown Bait Company now. He does, he likes big, large swim baits, and he custom painted one for me. He does awesome work. Yeah, so this is, that's a factory paint job. This is a fish lab paint job. Okay. Um, These are pretty good swim baits. They they use these on the, you know. Clear Lake and all that over, over in California. Now, I sent him a fish lab weight bait, and he did a custom paint job. This is the custom paint job. That is beautiful. He does some crazy. You should see some of the stuff he does. Well, that's so, what I was saying. These guys, yeah. when you look at this bait, you say, wow, that's beautiful. But go to a show where they have. 15, 20, 30 of them sitting on that table. And it's like they're they're all just as beautiful as the next one. And it's not just one vendor, it's all the vendors. Yep. What's crazy too is is when you see them, these guys have some good vision too, because sometimes if you look at that bait on the shelf, it doesn't it it looks all right. Then you get it in the water. Totally different. Like as somebody who made spinner baits, it's the same thing. Sometimes the color that it looks like under a fluorescent light is not what it looks like when it gets in the water. And some yeah, of these baits not- that I've I've used, they're like they looked okay, but then you get them in the water and you realize why they painted them the way they did. Because when they get in the water, you're like, holy crap, that thing looks like a real fish swimming through here. Yeah. Yeah, I've got some small. I've got some smaller ones up here in this. So it looks like we did have a question in there. The yeah. so 
Um, and I actually don't even know the answer to that. And I should know that is, do they have to be in, um, MP4 format right now, Al, or are you able to just do everything with the links now? And what we do is if you send it to me in MP4 format, it, it's good. I can still put it on our server and convert it to the U3 M8 format, which is okay. what our network requires. If you send me like John did at JCX, he sent me the YouTube links. Yeah, well, he sent me the links. I went on YouTube. I got the embedded code. I took a piece of that embedded code. I put it into OBS. I added a little code behind it. And I played it and recorded it at the same time into MP4 format. So, and then there are actually converters online that you could put a, a YouTube link in and convert it to MP4, but the quality is not as good. I'd rather just do it with OBS. I get that nice, good quality. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And I will say for anybody watching, if you're here live or you're not live, if what's stopping you is editing, I will tell you right now, it's a lot easier than you think. And honestly, the thing to get videos out for your sponsors, just bring the camera. All you got to do is bring the camera, turn it on and yep. fish. Don't worry about talking to the camera. You'll get used to it and eventually you'll start to learn it. Take it from someone who started out doing this with a crappy $20 cam part camera off of Amazon. And now I'm literally sitting here with cameras all over the place and invested hundreds of dollars and stuff. But ultimately, it is just buy a big enough memory card to cover the amount of time that you're going to be fishing. Point this thing at yourself. Push record. And when you catch a fish, push stop. And it's that easy there's all kinds That's of it. free software online yeah. that you can use to edit if you have trouble editing i am literally branded on instagram everywhere binny outdoors send me a message i will be happy to talk you through how to edit these videos how to get your content in a format that we can get it to the american angler and get it up online i'm even willing to help people edit like at this point i'm planning on at some point starting a business editing videos for people but for right now if you're going to get a channel on the American Angler and you want to just have the videos edited, reach out to me. Yep. I will help you get them edited so we can get them up. More than happy to help people out to get people started. Because I'll tell you, it becomes an addiction. When you start doing content creation, what happens yep. is it becomes an addiction because of two things. One, you can literally make a video from catching a couple of fish. Some of my, my most successful video in the month of November, 2,000 views so far, right? It was catching a six-and-a-half-inch bass and laughing and showing it on camera. <laughs> now, you may not think, well, who cares about a six-inch bass? No one. But 2,000 people watch that video. If you have a sponsor, you can go, hey, 2,000 people on YouTube saw this video. This video is on the American Angler Outdoors where it's available on Roku it's available online. It's available in a lot of different places and a lot of different eyeballs can get on it. And here's your bait being seen 4,000 times. And that's what yep. it's really all about is, and you don't have to do it 
a lot of people don't want to do this because they think, oh, I don't want to have to be like the professionals where I'm talking about what gear ratios and how the reel was made. You don't have to do that. All you need to do is literally go, look, I caught a fish on this Berkeley crankbait. That's all you have to say. It's that simple. And that yeah. sponsor is going to love the fact that you use their name, have a fish on the screen. They love it. They're getting exposure. And that's really all it is, is just getting that exposure out there. You'd be surprised how far that will take you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And talk, talking about talking to the camera, Mike, you know, I find myself, I'll talk to the camera and I'll just start forget the cameras there and stop talking. Dude, um, I, yeah, if you guys yeah, could just... see my roll of footage that you guys don't see, <laughs> you don't know how yeah. many how many hours of footage I've got where I'm standing there looking at the camera going, should I go fish that log or should I go flip those reeds or maybe yeah. I should maybe I should switch to I'm literally having a full out conversation with myself cuz once you get used to that camera being there, it's just like the way I've always kind of handled it is I treat it like it's a fishing buddy. And I'm just explaining yeah. to my buddy what I'm doing. Oh, I caught that yeah. fish on a swim bait. Here it is. This is how I rigged it. This is what I did with it. And I casted it out. It's it's like you're fishing next to your buddy and your buddy says, hey, how did you catch that fish? That's literally all you have to do is go, yeah, I was, I, all I did is cast it and I was just reeling it. And I did a stop start and it hit it. You don't have to be overly technical. And to be honest, guys. You can do this with a $20 GoPro. You can do it with an iPhone, a Samsung Android phone. Doesn't matter what you use for equipment, no. ultimately. And honestly, a lot of the GoPros do studio quality footage for a couple hundred bucks. So yep. it's really just That's don't why you let. See, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> this stays with me. This carries almost 20 of the SDS cards. Yep. And I, I have this with me all the time. Uh, behind me, you can see that's a, this is a Panasonic, and hey, this is a, a really geared up set. This is a Panasonic, this is the Lumix DSL. I got the monitor, the audio, I got my little stand for my microphone, yeah. <laughs> I keep it there, but this is what we use when we do interviews, so I can actually sit there and be part of the interview. I have a GoPro 4, a GoPro 8. I have my iPhone. I've shot videos yeah. off of this. Yeah. I have an Insta360, that brand new camera that cost me an arm and a leg. But I have it because I do a lot of, a lot of videos. But for the average angler, this is all you need. That's right. And yeah. cell phones, that even on a bass boat, just have it. You know, have the this part because it's got the better. It's got the better lenses than this part does. Just have this face you and do your thing. And like Mike was saying, it's yeah. look at the camera as as the person with you. And just explain what you're doing. That's all. And you will, like Daniel said, you'll forget it's there sometimes. You know, you'll go back in editing and you'll be like, wow, did I really say that? <laughs> you know? I spent yeah. I spent a lot of my times editing just laughing at myself because yeah. you just you honestly it's funny because what happens, 
I will I will warn you. I'm going to put this this disclosure on there. When you start bringing a camera with you, I actually had this conversation with mainstream fishing when I was on my podcast on Sunday on the spawn was you feel naked once you don't have it. Once you you used to having yep. that camera with you, you actually feel naked without it. And what's weird is is the other thing for those of you who maybe maybe I can push you over the edge a little bit is for those of you who loved bass fish let me tell you a little secret one thing i learned when i started re-watching my footage to edit it was i caught a fish in my head black and blue sanko that's what i caught it on that's what i told everybody i caught it on edited my video a week later it wasn't a black and blue sanko it was a june bug sanko i thought i was fishing <laughs> a black and blue sanko but i had changed it at some point during the day or for some reason i grabbed that one thinking it was or maybe it was the one in the bag the other thing, I thought I was reeling that crankbait, that spinnerbait. I thought I was doing a standard, constant, steady retrieve. But what I realized is every time I went to catch a fish, I stopped to slap a mosquito off my face, and that's when that fish hit it. <laughs> you yep. see that kind of stuff in your videos. You see that kind of content. So even if you're just recording it for a journal, guess what? You still can take that video, cut it down, put the fish catches, Put a few talking points on there, edit it, throw it up online. Even if you don't have sponsors, even if you're looking to just see what happens, you'd be surprised how many people will watch your content, enjoy it, and guess what? At the end of the day, you made it. It's fun. It's out there, and it could turn into a company reaching out and saying, hey, I see that you really like our baits. You constantly talk about them on, on your channel. I see you catching fish with them. Let's talk. Let's talk business, and that's literally how yeah. this industry works. It is. Yeah, it and, is. And and also not. And and I'm gonna hit a few questions over here in a minute, but I'm gonna throw my two cents into this video thing. Don't be afraid to talk to a camera that's pointed at you. Just. Yep. Just act like it's not there and just talk normal, you, you yep. know. And I, I've seen a lot of content creators lately. Is it's almost like they got a script written and they're reading from it. Yep. yep. Be yourself when you're when, when you're out there because that's what people don't 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 try to be somebody else. Don't don't because they'll they'll see that. Yeah, and they won't watch and, it. Yep. And when when you're Absolutely. when you're in the when you're in the create uh, content creation world, if you're being yourself, that's what companies like. Look at G Man, the way his his stuff blew up on TikTok. Yep. The man's country from Alabama. His his wife runs all his social media for him. Yep, and he just he, he's G Man. You, you know, got to think about you got to think about when you're watching. So if you're watching YouTube, right? And just think about when you're making your own content, think about this. You watch YouTube and a guy comes on there and he says, "Hi. I'm from Berkeley and you should fish this bait because it has all this scientific backing and this is the way it was engineered and you fish it with this particular line and this particular rod. You're not going to take that guy as seriously as the guy that goes, um, hold on. I forget what this is called. Um, 
I think it's a perch color. It's a Berkeley bait. I'll put the I'll put the notes down below what it is. I'll put a link to it. But this one right here, I've caught like six fish on it. You're gonna believe the good old boy that can't even tell you the freaking color of the bait he's using over the guy who's gonna tell you what kind of plastic it was made from. That's right. Well, because you're gonna want fish as fishermen. We know because honestly, let's be let's be fair. The stigma on fishermen has always been, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to give you my coordinates, and I'm not going to give you my game plan. I may tell you what bait I was catching them on, but I may be lying to you too because I don't want you to catch fish. But the guy that's a grassroots guy that's like, hey, look, this is my beat-up ass crankbait. This is what I'm catching on. I don't know what color it is, but this is what it was. You're going to take him more seriously than the guy who's clearly trying to sell you that bait, who right. sounds like he's reading the advertisement off the back of the packaging. Yeah. So um, let's get to a question right here. I'll, um, John asked it. So can we do live feeds on the uh, the American Angler Outdoor website? Can on the website, live? we can. Um, unfortunately, Roku and Fire TV and, and those are still not allowing it. Uh, we were hoping it would be available by now, but on our actual website, www.taao.live, if you have a live feed coming up from, it has to be a YouTube feed or Vimeo feed, you just send me the link, I put it on there, and it'll be right at the top of the page. You know, when Daniel had it up at the beginning of the show, you saw where you had our logo, and then you had our channel, we'll put it right between those. And it'll come up just like a video. Yeah, it'll it, when it starts in real time, it'll start on the website. And I'll put them on there all day for people. I mean, if it gets to a point, I'll make a page where you can just go look at the next live show when it's coming yeah. up right. and from who. I love doing it. It it helps bring people to the website. But again, as as the question said, it helps it helps you build a brand. It helps you get your sponsors exposed because not only are you live on YouTube, Facebook, you know, and, and those, but now you're live on a website. So it, it just, the more you can give your sponsors and the more you can show them, the better off you'll be. Right. And that's why we did this. I've, I've had a fantasy, a dream, whatever you want to say for years to have a show on one of the big outdoor type channels, we'll say, <laughs> you know, and the, to get on there, you're looking at thousands of dollars per show for editing and camera work. Yeah. And it's got to be special cameras. And these cameras run over four or $5,000. Right. Whereas thankfully with the network, we have MP4 format. We can convert it to a good format that shows up great you know we don't have those requirements and a 15 minute show like mike was saying you know a 15 minute show is about 12 13 minutes long and you can you can just concentrate on one bait yep. you know i'm going to go out there and i'm going to fish this today and you can concentrate on that one bait that one sponsor and then next episode, you know, then the following week, another one every week. And then you can start promoting the clubs that you're with. Hey, I'm with, you know, I fished out these Georgia kayak bass fishing club. 
So once you start promoting the clubs, then more you get more exposure because now sponsors say, hey, he's not just promoting us. He's promoting the clubs and he's promoting us to the club members. Yep. So yep. that's a big yep. thing today. You have to remember, too, guys, is so just to give you an example, I have videos that are going to hit every single week until June 2024. Now, I can only fish on weekends. I don't fish seven days a week. I have a 40 hour a week job. How do I do that? Well, it's very simple. One outing. You fish a crankbait. You make a video today. I'm fishing a crankbait. We're going to do a stop and start retrieve. You cast it three times. You show how you work the bait. You show how the bait looks in the water. Video. Do another video. Today we're going to work a chatter bait. Cast it three times. Video. That's literally how easy it is. You can make continuous content. I've literally made some of the best videos that have produced on my YouTube channel. And I didn't catch a fish. One of the best performing videos on my channel was I was bored not catching fish one day and rigged a Berkeley ghillie in a funky way on a buzz bait. And that video has almost 10,000 views and it gets views every single week. And it's literally just because I was bored one day and sat down in front of the camera and went, okay, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to try to rig a Berkeley ghillie on a buzz bait and see what happens. Threw it on there, cast <laughs> yeah. it out. And that's, that's all it takes. It, you don't have to be an anchor man you don't have to be a hollywood actor honestly no, in my opinion yeah. the channels i follow the channels i watch are the guys that you watch them fish and they're running into trees while they're trying to catch their you know they're they're showing you the bird's nest when they screwed up their reel those guys that keep it real and just film something and show it those are the videos that are honestly getting watched more than these videos and honestly even in the algorithms of youtube if you dig into what they're looking for they're looking for original content they're yeah. not looking That's for right. replicated stuff because in the world of ais they're actually trying to combat that because there's a lot of stuff that's deep fake. that's just videos that are made by a computer so they're actually trying to find stuff that looks like it was made by a regular human just trying to make content Right. So really, all you need to do is point a camera at yourself, talk about what you're doing, like you're talking to your buddy, and give it to Al. He puts it up, and all of a sudden, you're YouTube famous, and you're getting all kinds of phone calls of people talking about, you know, seeing your content. They're seeing it in multiple places, more eyes, and everything just comes back to you. That's right. And yeah, and so so with with video, going back to video ads and Mike is, there's a lot of programs out there now. That, that you can get for free stuff like that. I use CapCut a lot because I can, I can do a lot of the CapCut because you can make shorts, reels, everything yep. else for TikTok, social media and everything. It, it's just a basic format of editing. It's real easy. Yep. Um, and, you know, when, when you start jumping into Adobe Premiere, you know, yeah. Stuff like that. Adobe Premiere, I, I've worked with it before. It is, it's on the movie level. It, it's on Hollywood level. Um, but I, I would suggest to people, if you're going to shoot just content creation out of your boat, your kayak on the bank, um, is just look at simple programs like that to get your editing down. Because editing is is where it really makes 
poor good TV show. Yep. Um, or, or, or even on your YouTube channels and things like that. And, And you don't have to, when he's saying editing, don't let that intimidate you. Yeah. What we mean by editing is if you show four and a half hours of you casting and reeling and not catching any fish, people aren't going to watch it. But if you cut that video where you set your hook, you reel a fish in, you hold it up to the camera and go, look, it's pretty cut. Put the next fish catch in fish hook, catch real fish. That's what I mean. You don't have to do. I will tell you right now, there's you'll find a niche when you're creating content. But I have friends that spend hours editing their videos and they add audio tracks and transitions and stuff like that. And I can tell you, I have done all that. And my best videos for me are literally the videos where I want fish catch cut, fish catch cut, talking segment cut, fish catch cut. Thank you guys for watching. Yeah. Um, No fancy transitions, nothing. Just literally cut, cut, cut. You know, talking about 12 to 13 minute segments, even YouTube YouTube has even put this out and some of the stuff I've read recently is 12 minutes is going to be the longest that you need to be. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to catch somebody's, if, even if you look at, you know, Roland Martin's old films and Hank Parker's old films, Bill Dance old films. If you look at the amount of time they fished or even caught fish is about eight minutes. What's the rest of it? promotion product in a 30 minute show so you know you got 22 minutes of commercials and only eight minutes of fishing well yeah that's the other thing is and that's that's something that you got to remember guys is like like i was saying about like the content stuff so say you're like well i only caught two fish today well two fish i'll tell you right now the average fish catch is about 45 seconds to a minute of footage Pretty much every time you catch a fish, you're going to get about a minute or two. So then you add in a simple talking point. Simple talking point could be, I caught this fish on a vector hook with a creature hog. Now you've added two more minutes to that video. All you have to do is say, here's the hook. Here's the bait. Oh, the bait's black and blue. It's not, it's not rocket science. It really isn't. And that's what your sponsors are looking for. If you do have sponsors, all they want to hear is their name associated with a fish. They want to hear their name on the screen because every time that video plays, their name is out there. And people see it. Let's be honest. If you watch people fish, if you don't think that marketing works, (laughs) let me tell you about a product called the Banjo Minnow. That I don't know anyone who ever caught a fish on a banjo minnow, but I could tell you every fisherman had one of them freaking <laughs> things in their tackle box. That's right. Because they watched a professional fisherman catch a fish in a private stock pond. Yeah. And they went, oh my God, those catch fish and those look good. So it's, it's just a matter of you see a fish and a bait in the same moment, you're going to go, well, maybe those catch fish. Maybe I should try them. Right. Al, did you have something to say a while ago? Like like they were saying, you know, for videos, I you you can sit back and we all have videos. We all have videos from the last few years. So say like for me, I was out on the Rappahannock River two years ago, and I caught a nice four pounder. 
And then I went out this year, used a different bait, maybe a different bait or maybe even the same bait, and I caught a fish. You can always sit there and say, you know, today we went out, we got ourselves a nice three-pounder, show the video, and they say, you know, not as good as about not as good as two years ago when we caught this. And now you just did yourself a 12-minute show by adding yep. a video from years ago to a video from this year. That's right. Yep. So yep. there are many ways to get that show. And like Daniel was saying, 12 minutes. Look at the 30-minute shows on these major networks that involve the outdoor sporting industry, fishing and hunting. How many actually sit there and watch that entire show? Because you got the beginning, they set up the, the hunt, and then it's all commercials and advertising and just basic talk. And then the last five minutes, you come back, they're finally shooting. Yeah, they're finally taking that shot. Yep. So a 12-minute video is going to get people involved. They're going to watch your show. You know, and yep. like Mike said, talk. Just talk to the camera. And you'll get comfortable. And just talk like you're talking to the guy on the back of your boat or alongside of you, you know, for just talk like that. Don't try to be more than you are. Don't try to. Well, the you other know, thing I used to I've tell used... people is pretend you're on the phone. Pretend you're on yeah. the phone. You called. Yeah. Pretend you called Daniel, and you're trying to tell him about how you're catching them. Oh yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, I was working feet. the lily pads, and I casted it in, and I just popped it a couple of times, and there it was. That's it. That's yeah. all you do. It's that simple. I think the biggest intimidation for people is just that they feel like they're not good on camera. But you'd be surprised. The grassroots Everybody channels that I watch. <laughs> Everybody looks good on camera. That's right. That's what. So, um, yeah. yeah, we've been going for an hour, guys. Um, <laughs> so, um, I hate to cut it short, but work comes early in the morning. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if you have any more questions, just put them in the chat. Ask us on Facebook, YouTube. Twitch. Yep. Well, we didn't stream on Twitch tonight because I didn't want to. I wanted to hit another channel. Um, so you can catch us on Spotify on audio only on Spotify. That'll be posted tomorrow. Um, so thank you, Al, for joining us on the show tonight. Uh, make sure y'all get over to Al. You have YouTube and Instagram, right? And Facebook. And they're all right. under the same name. Yeah. They're all American the American Angler, Angler Outdoors. And um, everybody, be safe. Have a good weekend and fish on. And we'll see y'all in two weeks.